0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker ah
1: yes how is everybody doing welcome to the bass kayak and beers podcast as always it's your boy armando let me get my glasses off i don't need my glasses to record an episode but yeah welcome welcome to the bass kayak and beers today I am drinking a local uh, brewing company called Hop Fusion. Where's the camera? And I don't know if you all like stout beer. This is a coconut milk stout. It's called Coco Añejo. It is really good. I love a good stout beer in when it started getting cold in winter. And it's gotten uh, quite a bit of cold here in Texas. Nothing compared to what you, my friends from uh, the great north, are going through. But in here, it's, it, it's kind of chilly the last few days with a cold front. But it's kind of it's starting to warm back, back up. But, yeah, I love a good milk stout uh, beer. So if you do, uh, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Bass Kayak and Beers. Um, and let me know. Throw me a comment. Send me a message. Tell me what type your, what's your favorite beer on cold weather. So, anyways, we got a lot to talk about on this episode. Uh, I want to start out with, with my intro here. Um, today is what is today? Today is the twenty fifth of October. Yesterday, the twenty fourth of October. Keep in mind the day I'm recording, not the day you're listening, obviously. Um, so, um, on the twenty fourth of October, Bass Nation came out, and said Drew Gregory has been reinstated. He's no longer disqualified. Um, If you got to listen to my podcast a couple of weeks ago, I talked in depth about what happened. Um, I sided with uh, Bass Nation um, that I thought disqualifying Drew was the right decision based on the evidence that I saw. I don't take that back uh, because simply Drew now presented his evidence and he has been cleared. So I haven't seen personally that evidence. So I can't speak to that. I congratulate Drew on his win um i think that's amazing he gets to keep that little bit of history of being the best i mean yeah being the best being the angler of the year for the very first uh uh trophy for inaugural season of the angler of the year for bass master kayak series once again congratulations to do i did reach out to Drew once i found out i think this is uh uh this whole situation is a calling for um, for change in the tournament. And regardless how you feel, what the change should be, changes are coming. And I think it's for the better of the kayak fishing community and the tournament. Uh, first domino has fallen. Drew, um, not Drew Gregory, I was going to say Chad Hoover. I was just listening to his podcast, his live show on KBF. He just announced that he is going to implement um designated um practice days so looks like um, there he hasn't said a uh the standard yet but he did say that that's coming apparently this season the designated launches from what i heard he is going to establish designated launches and it is going to be from the main lake if i uh heard correctly so First domino has fallen in the National Trails. Looks like KBF and Chad Hoover are making changes. Um, I know Bass Nation, I'm pretty sure they're going to make changes, and Hobie BOS uh, is going to make changes. Um, Again, regardless of how you feel about what changes are coming, I think we can't just look at it and say what's best for me. It is what's best for the kayak fishing community on the growth of this port. If you feel a certain way about designated launches and portaging or not portaging or fishing on creeks, whatever side you fall on each rule, if if what you feel has to be done and what you're pushing for, it's not what's going to help the kayak community grow, then all of us have to find a way to compromise. Um, none of us is going to get everything that we want out of the rule changes we have to think what is best interest for these tournaments to grow. The more people join in, the higher payouts, the more um, sponsorship comes in, and the more investors come in into the industry and the sport. So keep that in mind. Again, uh, looking forward to what the new changes are. Um, exciting times. TOC is the last major event left in the season. Congratulations to everybody that qualified, and good luck to everybody in Caddo Lake. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing tournament. For this episode, I got the Rookie of the Year for the KBF. I know, I know, I know a lot of you are going like, who really is it? Why there were so many name changes? You know, it is what it is. I applaud Chad Hoover for taking the time and using the resources to, you know, Find out who's the rookie of the year. It it wasn't smooth. We can all agree on that. But I mean, when you do things like Chad Hoover is doing to promote the sport and you know give something back to the anglers, not necessarily just the ones that have uh, won the tournaments and the AUI, but try to include more people. More people get awards. This is not a participation award. This is a hard end award. Your first season fishing a tournament. Is always the hardest season. There's a lot to process. I don't care how long have you been kayak fishing, but you know, um, getting used to the rules and fishing, you know, on pressure waters with a lot of people around you, you know, fishing for catching a check, um, instead of just for fun, that it's it's definitely a learning experience and the first year is the toughest. So for Chad Hoover to go ahead and make an award for that. I don't know any other um, main uh, national troll that is doing that. I think that um, he should be commended for that. And we should be applauding that because he easily could have kept that money, um, but, you know, and and not invest in trophies and the research it took to get into who actually won the rookie of the year. And again, it didn't win smooth, but I'm sure those kind of things will be cleaned up. But again, big props to Chad Hoover for again, just the action of putting the anglers first, it should be applauded. So anyway, Damon Henderson, he is the official winner of the Rookie of the Year. And I was watching the award ceremony and was very moved by his speech. I could relate to what he was saying at some levels, not all of them, because he's gone through a lot um, that I haven't gone through Um but if I ever do now, I know I have somebody that I can reach out to help me because he's definitely, um, you know, had a, uh, a few life changing moments, um, and kayak fishing, like uh, for a lot of people, um, changes life for the better. So it's going to be a great episode. I'm super excited to hear his story. I can already tell you talking to him in the pre-recording that this is going to be an op- awesome episode before we bring, uh, Damon Henderson, uh, just a quick thank you to my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out the full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. At the start of next year, there's going to be a new lineup of Douglas rods that are going to be more um, price-friendly. They're going to be in the $100, $125, $150 range, which I think is awesome. And from what I hear, the quality of it is just as good as the LRS and the X-Matrix. So looking forward to that. I'll keep you posted on that. We'll go to a quick Waypoints commercial and uh, we'll bring Damon Henderson right in. Mr. Damon Henderson, how are you doing, my man? Can you hear
2: me? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay.
1: Congratulations, first of all, on the rookie of the year. How did that feel? Uh,
2: It was uh, very overwhelming. (laughs) I mean, when uh, the whole debacle was going on with Chad trying to figure out, you know, who's who's fished and who hasn't, you got to think, Chad's got thousands of people you know, of coming in and coming out. So it's very confusing. And, and I could see the stress on his face. And I was sitting at a table where he kept walking back and forth. And I just looked at Chad I said, Hey, Chad, that's all right. I'm rookie of the year, you know, just to, <laughs> just to lighten up the mood, you know, and he just looked at me and, and then, uh, when it came all down to it, when he was like, Hey, find out who, who, who it is to, uh, one of the guys that was working with him and, uh, he went up to Chad and Chad looks over to me and I, I'm, I'm just like just sitting there and uh, the guy comes walking up. He goes, Hey, is this you? I was like, yeah. He goes, okay. And he just walks away. And uh, my buddy Steven, who I was rooming with, he was like, what was that all about? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I think I might have made Chad mad or something, you know, or <laughs> tell Chad to like, you know, hey, you say a guy right there is punch him in the head or something, smack him in the back of the head or something when you walk by. Cause he did, he, he walked by me just, you know, just a little quick quack. And then, uh, then, uh, Chad, uh, finally said what he said, you know, when he came down all the way down to fifth place and he was like, you know, one of the guys who takes Gene to the spot of fish and then Gene teaches everyone how to fish there. And, uh, and then I was just like, my heart just started pounding like crazy. And, uh, and then, you know, as you saw when I got up there, I was just so overwhelmed and 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 just so proud of that moment because everybody knew that, you know, they were in a certain place in the tournament. They already knew that, you know, they had Angler of the Year. No one else knew that, but they knew. Yeah. And then it was just like a complete shock because I came from the crowd out there. So I had no clue. And, and all I could think about was, you know, my wife at the moment, you know, it was like, she's the one that really pushed me of doing this because I got hurt, you know, in 2018, I blew out three discs in my neck and I could barely move. I can hardly move my head. I can, I couldn't work my hands. Uh, and she had to do everything for me. And then, uh, Always worked my entire life, you know, and been a pro wrestler for god 10 15 years. I've always been active, and then I had nothing absolutely nothing. And
1: And snap of the finger, too, right? Like it wasn't like it wasn't like a disease that it was like, hey, slowly, or the doctor says, hey, in two or three months or two or three years, you're gonna start feeling this and you're gonna start to deteriorate. No, this was just. Simple movement and all of a sudden your life completely went upside down, right? It,
2: it was. It was It was just like, you know how uh, you pop something and you just weren't expecting it and it just a big yeah. old pow. That's what happened to me. And it, there was no signs of leading up to like, oh, my neck's feeling a little sore. I wonder what's going on. Perfectly fine. And then boom. And my job actually has on video where I'm walking around. And then when I'm trying to find my boss, I could barely walk. And, um, and they played it off. They thought it was funny. They, they didn't believe me. And, uh, and then next thing I know, I'm being rushed to the emergency, into the, to the emergency room the doctor come run and says, you need immediate surgery. You need it now, or you will be paralyzed or you will die. Oh my God. That's how bad it really was. Because when my C six and C three and C four and C five, they all clamped on my spinal cord. And it was so tight that it, if I sneezed, I would have been done. That's how bad it was. And uh, my doctor says he's never, ever seen an injury at this caliber before. And um, so it was like, I'm just laying in bed. I laid in bed for months. Couldn't move. I still to this day, I cannot sleep. I have to now from to this day, probably for the rest of my nation, to be able to get at least four to five hours of sleep a day. And uh, and it and it just started getting very very depressing, and I mean very depressing. Uh, I started screaming and yelling at my kids for no reason. I started screaming and yelling at my wife for no reason, just because I couldn't do anything. And uh, she uh, she goes, "Why don't you just go fishing?" Because that was the only thing that, you know, other than wrestling, I ever wanted to do was just fish. I I started fishing when I was three years old. I will never forget the day I caught my first fish, and it was a bass. It was around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Me and my dad was out there not fishing. First fish caught was a bass. It was the greatest moment of my life, me and my dad. Because me and my dad never really shared much growing up. But that was one of the things that we did. And, um, so I told her, I was like, well, there's nowhere around here to really go fish you have to have a boat. And, uh, she goes, well, why don't you just go buy you a, uh, cheap kayak and just go fishing out of it. So I was like, okay, if, if you don't mind, you know, because like I said, money was super tight back then because of the money that I was making, we were having to just sustain off of what. I made, and then off the income tax, thank God, income tax came when it did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to Bass Pro Shop, found a little green T10 Accent, and I started fishing out of it. And then I started watching uh, Greg Blanchard mm-hmm. on YouTube. I was like, I need to figure out how I'm going to fish out of a kayak. You know, because everybody's like, oh, you just get in and you just, it's mm-hmm. not like that at all. No. It's totally different. And it's very hard. And so I started watching Greg Blancher stuff and I was like, wow, I really, really enjoy this guy. And that's when he started doing KBF tournaments and showing the KBF tournaments on his, uh, YouTube channel. And my brother-in-law called and, uh, he goes, Hey, have you ever heard of this guy named the fluke master? And I was like, no, I've never, never heard of him. So I'm, I'm in there and I'm typing in fluke master and, And then, you know, he pops up and I'm like, wow, this guy's got some really good stuff on his channel. Well, I found this one lake that's not too far from me and everyone was like, oh, well, that's where the flute master does his channels. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty cool. And me, you know, like everybody was like just starstruck on. Yeah. Gene, because, you know, who he is and what he's done for the uh, industry. And to me, it was just like, you know, it's just another guy because being a pro wrestler, I've grown up around, you know, Ric Flair, Buff Bagwell, the fabulous Freebirds, you know, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, him and my dad grew up together. And that's what got me into wrestling. And so it's like, you know, I've I've been around guys who've been in movies, you know, and (laughs) so, I, I met Gene, and we we hit it off pretty good because I just about talked to anybody. And uh, I was like, well, I already know how to fish, you know. And and then I realized there was a lot more that I could learn, a lot more. And I'm sitting out there, and, and I asked Gene, I was like, hey, you don't mind if I just tag along and just basically watch you, do you? He goes, man, you can tag along. You can fish with me. You can do whatever you want. Like he was just that open. (laughs) And uh, so I I just started watching him fish. And it was just like so intriguing, you know. And it's like, well, why is he hitting this angle this way? and Why is he dragging this so slow? Because all you ever see is is people power fish, power fish, power fish. And So I started mimicking basically everything that Gene was doing in my green little kayak. And so I was talking about doing tournaments. And he told me a a Monday night tournament that was going on up there, which was uh, Fishers of Men on Monday nights. So I started doing those Monday night turns with a local kayak. And I fell in love with it. The, the way it was everything. And then Jean was telling me about, well, you know, you could do these monthly challenges through KBF and it's a month long stretch. So you don't have to worry about, Hey, I was like, okay. So I started doing that. And then I progressed in a little bit, a couple of other tournaments. And then a buddy of mine was like, Hey, let's go to Lake Lanier. And, uh, Let's do a uh, spotted bass turn, And I'm like, okay, I've never fished Lake Lanier. I love trying out new stuff, you know, and I love spotted bass fishing. So first day up there on Lake Lanier, we get up there. And I'm in my little green kayak. And uh, we're catching some spotted bass, you know, not a lot, nothing real big. And here comes a big wake boat right beside me, no more than five, 10 feet. And he had to see me because I was the greenest person on the lake. Plus I had my flag and all my rods sticking. I had like 10 to 12 rods in my kayak on top of God knows how much tackle. And the guy flips me in my kayak. Oh, wow. And uh, and instead of stopping to see if I was okay, he starts doing donuts around me. What? And uh, my buddy, he's trying to get to me. And uh, every time he gets close, the guy cuts him off. Well, eventually he gets far enough down the lake to where my buddy, his name's Cody Pills, he, he gets to me and he pulls me back to uh, where I can stand up because I was in like 70 foot of water at that time. And I flip my kayak over and everything is gone. 10 rods, my fish finder. I just was able to purchase my battery, all my tackle. I I lost about 35 to seven grand.
1: Oh my God.
2: That day. And, uh, so my buddy gets on the phone, he's calling DNR and they see him get on the phone. They just take off. And, uh, Now I'm just sitting there thinking I'm back to square one again. The only thing I got is a net and my paddle. And, uh, I just start laughing. (laughs) And my buddy Cody, he's like, why are you laughing? I said, what else am I going to do? I mean, I can't get mad. I mean, that's not going to solve anything. And, uh, He goes, well, what are you going to, are you just going to go home? I said, no, I'm going to go to Walmart and I'm going to go buy me a couple of lose rods (laughs) because they're, they're such great rods and they're so affordable. Yeah. And, uh, he goes, are you sure? I was like, yeah. So I went to Walmart and I grabbed a couple of rods and, uh, we go out to eat and he's like, dude, I don't know how you're taking this so well. I said, I'm just dreading calling my wife. (laughs) That's what I'm more scared of than anything. And so I I told him, I said, watch it when I call her and I tell her what happened. She's going to laugh. He goes, no, she is. I was like, yeah, she is. So we're sitting there at this little Mexican restaurant. I call her and I go, Hey babe. She goes, Hey, how are you? Jamaica? You having fun? I was like, well, it happened. I go, she goes, what? I said, I flip my kayak and out comes the biggest laugh you ever see here. (laughs) She is laughing. Oh my God, I wish I was there. I could have seen it. And then I said, I lost everything. And then it stopped. She goes, are you serious? I was like, yep. She goes, I'm telling you right now, Damon, do not go buy anything. I'm telling you that. I said, okay, babe, I'm going to go buy nothing right now. (laughs) Cause I already went and bought it, so. <laughs> but uh, that that right there was a huge, huge setback, and uh, I never went back to Lanier after. It was just the worst experience uh, that I ever had on that. Like first day, I was on it, and it was the worst experience ever. And uh, then uh, went back home started you know i told gene what happened and gene goes you didn't shoot him (laughs) (laughs) and i was like gene i I don't have no gun on me he goes i always carry a gun whenever (laughs) i go to lanier he goes you have to and i was like well i'm not me so gene helped me out a little bit he he got he got me a little bit extra tackle because you know he's he's sponsored by great people and me i'm just I'm just living from tournament to tournament. And uh, so the next – and I told my wife, I was like, I really love doing this. It it makes me happy and it makes me like I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. And she goes, well, why don't you just try it full time next season? And I was like, are you serious? And she was like, yeah. So – I started doing more of the monthly challenges and I started building up more money from the monthly challenges. And I was able to get a native kayak from it and, uh, and a little bit better fish finder. And then Gene goes, Oh wow, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, Damon, you don't realize on what you had, how limited you were able to fish. And how close you were almost beating me every month in the monthly challenge. And uh, I told him, I says, well, my goal this season is to beat you. That's my determination is to to just beat you. And uh, he goes, I accept the challenge. And I finally beat him in one monthly challenge. And it was the greatest feeling. (laughs) ever he was he was just as excited as I was and uh I never did a trail series or anything like that because I just didn't feel like I was I was ready for that and uh so I went and done the national championship last year my first national championship and um me and Jean room and we were at Caddo Lake and we found some pretty good stuff and And then Gene just set me down basically and was just going over and over stuff. Like, look, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing right. Don't worry about what you do right. Fix on what you're doing wrong. And that right there was a big eye opener for me because I was always fishing toward my strengths and not working on my weaknesses. Yep. And that's what a lot of people don't understand with Gene is, yeah, you know how to fish. You know how to cast a line out. You know what works. But he tries to make you think outside the box. Why don't you try this for a bigger bite? Why don't you try this to get more fish to react to your lures? And that's what he started instilling in me and and like i said he started off as a friend and he became more as a mentor and and i will be forever indebted to gene uh and for those who are listening has never heard of gene jensen or the Flugmaster, you got to check him out he puts out amazing content um and he really, really does help people out. And, and in me, I tried to actually do the same. Uh, like I, like I'll have people come up to me and I'm like, and you can see they're struggling on the water. I mean, just absolutely having the worst day ever. And they'll ask me, Hey, what are you like? I don't really want to know what you're using, but if you can kind of give me some ideas and I'll tell them, I was like, look, this is exactly what I'm using come with me. I'll take you somewhere where you can catch some fish right now. And I've had a couple of people come up to me and be like, dude, you need to quit doing that. You need to quit showing people where the fish is or what you're using. And I sit back and I think, what if this person was going through what I was going through at one point in my life? And they came out here to just, and to just let everything go, you know, just one with nature. And they're struggling in their personal life, but now they're struggling out here on the water. And if I could help someone out the way Gene helped me out to make their life just like, oh, wow, I'm not a failure. I was doing the right thing. I was just not putting it in the right context or the right spot, you know, and just seeing them catch fish, I get excited, even during tournaments. Like, I I had people coming up to me all the time during tournaments, like, man, I'm just struggling, and I'm like, look, they're right here. Fish right here beside me, if you feel like it, you know. I mean, am I competitive? I'm very competitive. You can ask Gene. I'm one of the most competitive people you'll ever meet Also want other people to do well as well as I am. If that makes any sense, it's you know, it makes me feel like, yeah, if I lost, at least I helped someone better in their craft or or just gave them a lot that you know, not all fishermen are just thinking of themselves because. Uh, me personally, like I'm very honored to be on your show. You know, I'm very, very honored. I I can't hear you. Can you hear me?
1: My bad. I was muted there for a second. Uh, oh, honor okay. is all mine. Honor is all uh,
2: mine. Because, like, I'm not gonna lie. It was like when I got your text, I was like, I showed my wife, and I was like, Hey, look at this. You know, and and so she was like, Is this real? And I was like, I don't know. Let me text Gene. <laughs> and so I text Gene and Gene's like, yeah, the guy got in contact with me and I gave him your information. I was like, oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't no car warranty scam or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, and, and I've, I've had that before when people think that. And having Gene on, on my podcast was, was awesome. I had him finally this year after um, pretty much two and a half years of doing this. Um, and it was just a treat. Like to me, I started the podcast just so I can get people to talk about kayak fishing because nobody around me did kayak fishing. Like I had to learn either by myself or watching Jim Jensen and Greg Blanchard, which is great. But at some point, um, you know, YouTube can only take you so far. Yes, uh, and then time on the water, like not having somebody, not having being able to actually talk to somebody and kind of exchange ideas, you know, because if you're watching YouTube as great as, uh, uh, Greg Blanchard and Gene Jensen are at teaching you, you know, it's still a one way conversation. You're listening. Then you have questions, but you can't, you know, Yeah, you can ask him. So, so the podcast came just to so like, I can talk to people about it and it's kind of taken a life of its own. But one of the highlights for me was just having Gene Jensen and yeah. you know, the fluke master. Cause, I remember the first time I caught a bass, I texted, not texted him, I emailed him and sent him a picture. I didn't even have social media back then. And I was like, hey, man, I, you know, I watch your videos and I've tried really hard lately to learn how to uh, bass. And I watch you, watch a video uh, you put out of how to use a Texas rig um, worm. I did it and I caught my first bass on my first cast. So I just wanted to thank you for it. Um, And ever since then, you know, I would, bounce ideas at him, you know, through email or social media. After I got social media, they would email me back or message me back and kind of, like, help me out. Um, So I'm always grateful for uh, what he's done, not just for me, but really for the kayak fishing community. How many people out there got into kayak fishing because of Gene Jensen? Um, And Greg Blanchard, you know, as well.
2: Yeah, well, like, you know, I never even knew there was anything of kayak bass fishing, you know, until I watched Greg Blanchard and Gene. And um, uh, But there's something else I want to talk about right fast before I go in. Oh, yeah, go ahead. ahead. uh, About uh, Rookie of the Year. Come to find out, after everything was said and done, there's two Rookie of the Years. I can't remember his last name, but his name's William. But so if he's watching this, I want to announce that I am co-Angler of the Year with uh, William, who is an amazing, amazing kayak angler, uh, we didn't know until after uh, everything was over with and said and done. And Chad came up to me and he goes, "Hey, just letting you know, uh, we found out that you tied with another with another co-angler, and we don't have no tiebreaker, so your uh, your co- your co- uh, rookie of the year. So I said, you know what? That's awesome. You know, for both of us to be able, because not everyone can say that there was two co-anglers in 2022. So I'm very honored. So if he's watching this, right, I'm very honored to be co-angler with William. I just wish I could remember his last name because I'm horrible with names, maybe too many (laughs) chair shots in the head or something. But, um, but yeah, I mean, with the, uh, the whole kayak thing is, you know, with Chad, with what he's doing with this industry is phenomenal. Yeah. And um, the sponsors that he's getting yeah. for us to uh, to be able to do these tournaments. Like, I, I have no sponsors. Everything that I do, when I win a tournament, all my money goes into what little bills I can pay for, gas in my vehicle, and to the next tournament. And, and, and you talking about, you know, watching the YouTube videos helps you out so far, which I agree 100%. Uh, for me to do as well as I did this season, I was on the water every day. Only time I wasn't on the water was on the weekends when I had my kids from uh, school because I would take them to school, drop them off. And then I would go straight to the lake and I would stay at the lake until I had to pick them up to go fishing. So I was keying in on my craft on what I needed to improve on, what I needed to get better in, because these guys like Russ Snyder, the the, the guy who won everything for me to be able to compete, which I'm nowhere near on these guys' level. I, I will admit to that. Few I people adore. are <laughs> Russ Snyder's yeah. level or, or Gene. I mean, yeah. like, which is crazy because this season I told Gene, I said, "I'm going to beat you. I'm, I'm just going to beat you every tournament I get into, and every tournament that I was in that I was against Gene on the trail series, I beat him every tournament. And he's been out there for like two, three weeks." And I had just enough time for a day and a half to two days to, to find fish and, and everything. Which is a one good thing about fishing with Gene is Gene, me and Gene, since we travel and we're fishing partners, we eliminate a lot of water. And I think that right there is going to be the biggest key in kayak bass fishing. Because you can only go through so much water in a kayak. And with teams, like, you know, with me and Gene, we're here, he's on one side of the lake, I'm on the opposite side, and it's like, hey, I found some fish here doing this, he's found fish there doing that, or we haven't found anything. Okay, we can eliminate that. And a lot of the kayak fishing community is not willing to give that kind of information, I guess not yet to other anglers to eliminate a lot of stuff. Cause I I think that a lot of the people that did struggle up in Kentucky, if they would have had that little partnership with someone, I think a lot more people would have been up there where Gene was and I was at the moment. Uh, Cause I found the spot from another angler, you know, who told me it's like, Hey, I fished this spot. It's really good used to try it out and gene has been up there for already seven days and he skunked four days in a row, not even caught a fish not even a bite and he told me he's like i'm on the struggle bus and i was like well hey i found a spot from a friend of mine saying hey this spot's pretty good let's go try it and that's where me and gene stayed at the whole tournament and uh on day three of the national championship gene was in the top 10 from our spot that we were at and i was in 28th place and i would have been up further but i couldn't catch uh on the first day i couldn't catch a limit but my spot that i was on because me and gene weren't in the same spot we just went from the same boat ramp and then he found his spot and then i found my spot but my spot was getting better and better every day like The first day I caught uh, four fish for like 54 inches. The second day, I went from 54 inches to 76 inches the second day. While everybody else was, even uh, Russ Snyder, was 96 inches the first day. And then he went to 86 inches the second day or something like that. Like everybody's
1: 97, 93, and 86, I think it was. Yeah. which is really impressive. He went with oh. the three biggest bass of the three days. That's,
2: that's it, crazy. It, it was very phenomenal. But I was noticing that everyone else's fish that was up above me was losing the inches mm-hmm. on theirs. And mine was gaining the inches. And I told Gene, I was like, because, he you know, right, right when we got the water, and was getting ready to go do uh, the day two weigh-in, and I looked at him, and I said, Gene, I'm not going to come here tomorrow. And he goes, well, why not? Because I'm in the top ten. I said, that's the reason why I'm not coming, because you're in contention of not winning, but placing, placing no. higher than I am. And uh, – he goes, you'll, you'll really do that for me. I was like, you would have done it for me if I was in your position. And, and and it's true. He would have. And I told Chad, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm thinking of going somewhere else that I've never fished before, but I don't want people thinking that, Oh, I'm just hole jumping just because they're catching good fish, which I had no clue where anybody was fishing because When people tell me where they're fishing or what they're fishing, I kind of just tune it out because I already know what I'm on and what I'm fishing with and what I'm catching them on. So I don't want too much different information coming in. So I went to the river that was like an hour down from our house that we're staying at. And I caught two fish right off the get go, two smallmouth that were about three inches. And I was like, "Uh, this ain't going to work. And uh, I told my my roommate who I was staying with, I was like, I think I'm just going to go back up to the ramp that's close to the house. And he goes, well, hold on. I think we passed a ramp on the way here. I was like, okay. I Google mapped it up, and it was 5.5 miles away. I was like, all right, I'm going there. So I get there, and I started throwing at the edge of the docks. And first fish I caught, 13 and a quarter. I was like, oh, thank God I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blank on championship yeah. day, because that's just the worst feeling ever. Yeah. Especially giving up a spot where the fish are getting bigger, you know? And then I go to the next front of the dock. And then I catch an 18 and three quarter inch. And I'm like, oh my God. I got like four hour, three hours left to catch three fish this could happen. And then Gene calls me and he goes, Hey, what do you want? He goes, are you doing good? And I'm like, I got two for 32 inches. He goes, are you serious? I was like, yeah. He goes, dude, I haven't even had a bite. And I was like, really? And I was like, well, will not you go to my spot? He goes, I keep trying to, but every time I go there, there's either a kayaker on there or there's a bass boat on there. And, um, I was like oh man that stinks he was like yeah come to find out it was one of the other groups that uh uh another kayaker that came up there and they caught four fish on my spot up around in that area that were good size fish and if I would have stayed there it would have put me up into probably almost to the top 10 if I would have stayed in that spot but I didn't think about that. You know, it was just like my, my thing was, you know, I want Gene to do good. Yeah. And, uh, and where I was at, you know, I, I was on some fish and then I got onto a point and no joke, every cast, I was getting a bite. Every stinking cast. And every time I would pull a fish in, it was seven inches or 10 inches, every cast. And I was like, what do I do? And, had like an hour left of the tournament. I was like, you know, I'm just going to stay here and have fun, enjoy the experience. You know, I, I my goal of this season was to make the top 100, and I achieved that goal. You know, I achieved a lot of goals this season. Number one was beating Gene. And that's what my wife told me on the second day. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She goes, just do what you always do. Just go up there and try to beat Gene. And that's what went in my mindset. And if I would have caught a few more fish, I would have passed Gene. Um, but it's just the competitors that between me and Gene, because Gene's always trying to beat me. I'm always trying to beat Gene. And uh, it was well, just an amazing experience.
1: I think you always kind of want to beat your heroes, right? Like, oh, yeah. You always want to beat your heroes. Like, you always want to be like, like I learned from, you know, Gene Jensen. I would love nothing more than an official tournament and to beat Gene, just out of respect. Just, just because it's, you know, it's like you, you want to beat your heroes. You want to, yes. you know, there's a reason why you're learning from them. There's a reason why you started watching them is to learn to get better. And it's a sense of accomplishment where you realize, okay, all I put all this work. That's how I know that all this work wasn't in vain. Just that I can say that I can, go toe-to-toe with whoever teach me. I mean, for other people, maybe Greg Blanchard and maybe uh, anybody else out there, you know, Alex Rod from Alex Rod Fishing, uh, Brandon Mays from that bass fishing dude. There's so many uh, um, content creators now that are, you know, doing tournaments and teaching people how to fish. Uh, Christine Fisher, of course. Um, she's probably one of the most popular right now as far as tournament and content creations. And you learn from this angle You learn from Christine Fisher. You learn from Fluke Master. You learn from uh, Alex Rod and Brandon May. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, you once you start, you get a chance to go toe-to-toe against them. You want to feel like, yeah, I can, you know, yeah, you can hold your own. Together. You know, it's a yeah. sense of accomplishment. And it's it's out of respect. You know, I said that when I was, when I have Fluke Master on the show, it's like, you know, to me, it's saying that I want to beat you is a sign of that I respect you and yes. that I have you and you know, like on a pedestal. Because like, you like you know, nobody cares about Cle- beating the Cleveland Browns, but everybody wants no. to beat Tom Brady, really, right? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so. uh, you know, one of the things that I had a lot of people because uh, I won the Georgia State Championship for the KBF and. Gene's won it last three years running, and I had all kinds of people coming up and saying thank you. <laughs> Finally, somebody took it away from Gene, and um, and we actually made Gene present that to me, and uh, he didn't want to, but but he did, and uh, and then that was a that was a big honor, and uh, like you know, like I said, Gene is just one of those guys that you just are so grateful to know, and uh because like when I got up there, my battery—I I bought one of those uh, lithium amp batteries from Bass Pro Shop—and it just quit working. And I just yeah. bought this thing like four months ago, and I told Gene, I was like, Gene, my my battery—I don't know what's going on. It's saying it's charged, but it's not wanting to turn anything on. So he drove all the way out of his way and brought me a. Uh, Dakota lithium battery, 10 amp, and that thing, oh my God, is an amazing battery. Like, I was on the water, it says 10 amp, or 10 hour amps, that's a lie. That thing should have a 10 question mark on it, because you don't know after 10 hours, when that thing's going to cut off, because I was on the water for like 12, 13, 14 hours, and that thing was still running all my equipment. So, uh that right there was something. And then my light goes out on my, my 360 light goes out and Gene's like, all right, well, I, I got you. So he asked one of the guys where he was staying at in the Yak attack house. Uh, if they could, if he could borrow one of their lights for me to borrow during the mm-hmm. tournament. And then he drove all the way out of his way to, uh to bring me that lot to, to get me that. And, uh, after, uh, All said and done, you know, I gave everything back to him. And it's like, now I'm I'm set back again because I don't have a battery. I don't have a lot. And uh, the guy from uh, Dakota Lithium uh, booth uh, come up to me after uh, I gave my speech after, you know, receiving the rookie of the year. And uh, he just looked at me and he goes, congratulations. And he hands me two brand new batteries. And it was just even more emotional because it was like, I'm struggling so bad. And just for me, you know, just throwing out my heart on this tournament. Uh, Cause you know, you know how it is in tournaments. They're not easy. And, and you're going up against these guys who are just absolute sticks. And, to do as well as I did against these guys was I'm not taking anything from the Russ because, you know, he, he well, deserves to be here more than me in my opinion, but for me to, to go up there and throw my heart out like I did. And because I, I, I tell us, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to cry. And everyone just let it go. And everyone coming up to me and listening to everyone's speech, they were like, we were so moved by your passion of this sport. And and let me tell you something. When I put something into it, I give absolutely everything into what I'm doing. Like, I'm giving absolutely everything for that person who is helping me out. I'm, you know, you want me, you get all of me. You, you get my passion. It's not about the money to me. Yeah. It, it's about going out there and doing my absolute all knowing that I put everything out there, knowing that I came out there to give you, what you came to basically see in the weigh-ins. You wanted someone to push the envelope to newer heights. You wanted someone to go out there and just leave it all out there on the water. And that's exactly what really got me to that point of being rookie of the year. When I went out there, I gave absolutely everything that I had. And, uh, and I wouldn't take any of it back. And it, it, it's just, it was just so, it was like uh, so overwhelming, really, to see that that hard work that I really, really put in actually accomplished something. It, you know, because you, you put in a lot of stuff and you do this and you do that. And then nine times out of 10, you don't see an ending result. And going through the struggle that I had of the, the following years and being able to come this far in my career and, and being able to say that, wow, you know, there's only going to be one rookie of the year, which in my case, there's two. yeah, But you can always win the nationals championship. You can always win Angler of the Year every year. But you can only one time win rookie of the year. And you hear people talk about, you know, when you watch the Bassmaster Elites, you know, when that that person wins rookie of the year, how they're how they say their speech and how excited and how thankful they are. You really don't understand it. Until it happens. And that was the biggest moment of my entire life. Other than my kids being born. Was I was so ex- proud of myself. And the accomplishments. And Jean was just as proud as I was. For, for accomplishing something this amazing. On something I didn't even realize was even happening around me and i have people ask me all the time they go well would you ever go to a big boat tournament or would you stay in a kayak of course i would always like to try a big boat tournament but my heart will always be in the kvf in the the kayak fishing it's just something where people who are not sponsored and not financially this is something that they can get into. Yep. And that and that's what's so amazing about this sport. Because I ain't got five, six grand, ten grand to throw in a tournament that I'm taking a chance to win. So a hundred couple hundred dollars is so much affordable mm-hmm. to go out there and win, you know, like Russ did him and guy won over $50,000, yep. which congratulations to him, you know, I'm so happy for him because he he put in the time, he put in the effort, you know, and and a lot of people, you know, are saying, well, they don't think it's right and they don't think it's fair. And it's, well, put in the time and the effort that he did, and then you would be saying otherwise. we. We have a
1: saying in Puerto Rico, which I'm trying to ro- loosely translate it, late, but it's saying, uh, let me see what, you know, which means if you have a godfather, get baptized, which means if you have the opportunity to take advantage, if you have a lever, you know, in your favor, take advantage of it. That's what it used to say. If you have a grand, yes. if you have a, uh, uh, a godfather that's what I meant. If you have a godfather, get baptized, meaning if, if you have that luxury, do it. Um, so I mean, I I don't I don't see anything wrong. He didn't never, you know, and same with Drew Gregory, which I mentioned on the pre uh recording. I don't
0: um, know what happened with that. What oh, happened with the Drew no, Gregory that's, thing? That's, was, we, we I haven't have heard anything that. about that.
1: <laughs> we have, we don't have to go through down that, that rabbit hole, no. but it's yeah, um. But the point about it is, it's like there's rules, and then people find a way to take advantages of of uh, of the rules. And as long as you're within the rules, it's up to the organizations to kind of like start make um, making the rules in a way that there's always going to be advantage and disadvantage. There's never going to be a level playing field completely. Some people will have a motor, other people won't. Some people have a you know front facing sonar, other people won't even have a Fitch finder you can't control that but I think yeah. as a tournament director you can try to level the playing field because I think the problem is if you get used to seeing the same names over and over and over winning tournaments winning tournaments winning tournaments because uh, you know they can access a body of water that you know none of us thought about accessing and that it's not even considered on the same body of lake or um, they get to pre-fish for a whole week. And you only get to, you know, show up a working man. You know, you only get to show up one day prior to the tournament. I think it it comes down to a lot of people are going to say, I'm not even going to spend the money. Because for a lot of people, including myself, it's not just the tournament fees. It's the Airbnbs, the gas, the groceries. You know, it could easily run to $800. Oh, yeah. Just for a weekend. And when you think like, you know, I'm already at a disadvantage competing with these people that actually do this for a living. What's the point? I'm just, at this point, I'm just donating money. And I think a way to to do that is to kind of like just, you know, limit the um, amount of pre-fishing, in my opinion, and limit where people can launch and then have them, you know, if you want to go up a quick 20 miles, fine. But launch from the boat ramp like anybody else and haul ass, uh, you know. But again, that's just my opinion. I think that's based on what I think it's best for mm-hmm. the growth of the sport. And I think that's why I encourage everybody to think. Now, I may be wrong. Like, no, I, always-
2: I, I completely agree with you on that.
1: Yeah. I always think, you know, I never think of my opinion as being the, the best opinion or the highest opinion. You know, I have my opinion based on what I see. That doesn't mean I'm right. That doesn't mean that my opinion is not biased. You're going to be biased to, you know, what I want to do and what what I think it's best. But that doesn't mean, you know, and there's also give and take, you know. And then at the end of the day, you decide, you know. Once, well, I always say once you hit that click on turning X or fishing chaos, I said, do you understand the rules? And then you pay. That means whatever you feel about the rules, it's out the window. You just yeah. said you accepted the rules and you accept the rules.
2: I, I agree to that 100%. Uh and I also agree with the the limited of of weeks you have to be able to to fish a tournament. I don't mm-hmm. think you really need – to be honest with you, I really don't think it helps you out that much, you know, if you're there three weeks, two weeks. I was uh doing a Percy Priest tournament mm-hmm. this season. Gene's been up there for two weeks, never even heard of this lake. And uh, – he told me he was doing it. I was like, well, where is this lake? And he goes, oh, it's up in Nashville. And my wife was like, it's in Nashville. Well, her dad lives in Nashville. She goes, well, why don't you go up there and do the tournament? And I'll, uh, I'll just, me and the boys will just go up there and we'll stay at my dad's and you can just camp with Gene. I was like, are you serious? I was like, babe, it's like a week away. She was like, yeah. So I went ahead and put my entry fee in. I came up there, a day and a half before the tournament. And I found, I've been on YouTube, Google map, just studying videos on this one lake. So I pre-fished before I pre-fished. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot. Yeah. To do. If anybody listens to anything I say today, prefish before you pre-fish. And, Everybody's probably thinking, well, what does that mean? That means go on Google Maps. Yep. Look at areas. Go on Read. Uh, YouTube. Look where people's fishing. Like, they're not going to be cutting out. Look at this marina. Look at this ledge. Look at this. Look at that. And that's what I did. And I told Gene when I got up there, I was like, hey, tomorrow I want to go try this place out, Where this guy was launching from this area. And uh, he goes, okay, well, I'm going to another place. I was like, okay. So I get out there, and I find a little spot. You know, I'm catching a fish here, and I fish there. nothing to say, hey, this is a winning spot. And I am this close of just packing my stuff up and going somewhere else. Well, there was a local tournament going on, and I just sit back. And I watched these guys go straight to this one boat ramp or not boat, but boat dock Mm -hmm. and every cast, no joke, every cast, they were catching a fish every cast. And I just sit there and I just watched and I watched and I listened to the guy and goes, this is a mega spot. They're always here. And I'm like, "Huh." huh? About five hours into that tournament. They're still catching fish left and right. And then they leave. And I'm like, I'm gonna paddle over there and I want to see what they were fishing. So I paddle over where this was at. I see nothing. There was no brush. No nothing. So I was like, well, heck, I'll just I just throw a crankbait out there real fast, just burning it in just to see if I might have missed something. First cast, 16 inch. And I'm like, huh, I cast again, second cast, 14 incher, every cast. I was there for two hours extra catching fish after fish, after fish. I called Gene. I said, Gene, I'm on a mega spot and they're always here and it's always loaded. And uh, he goes, okay, well, I'm going home to my wife because it's their, it was either her birthday or their anniversary. I think it was her birthday. I was like, OK. And uh, as I'm heading back to the boat ramp, I turn my handle and my handle breaks off on my kayak because I had yeah. the cheap plastic handles. And I'm like, great, now what? <laughs> and I called and I told Gene, I was like, I broke my handle. And he goes, well, what kind of handle is it? And I told him and, and you know, and he's uh, sponsored by Bonafide. He goes, well, call Bonafide up and see if you can use a Bonafide handle for the native kayak. I was like, okay. So I call all the way in North Carolina. And I asked the guys, like, hey, can I use a Bonafide handle for the native? He goes, well, yeah, it's the same handle because the company makes the same yeah. thing, just doesn't have the logo. Yeah, I'm which- like, great. So I call Gene I let Gene know. Gene goes, okay, well, I'll go ahead. Once I get home, I'll go take my handle off of my kayak. And I'll bring it up here for you for your kayak so you can fish it during the tournament. I'm like, great. Like, like I said, Jean's just is just amazing. And I was like, all right, well, I want to try another marina out the next day to see if I could find there what I found there. And Jean goes, okay, well, we'll both go. So Jean shows up at like four o'clock in the morning back to the campsite. And the whole night, all I can think of was this one spot back up where I was at. And I told Gene, I was like, Gene, dude, we need to go back to where I was catching them yesterday. So you can see what I was fishing. He goes, okay. So we get there and I'm like, I wonder if it's going to be like how it was. First cast, boom, catch a 17 incher. Gene leaves. He goes, we ain't fishing this area. I'm like, all right. So we're fishing. I was like, well, how about this? We'll come here tomorrow. We know we can catch a quick limit and then we'll just branch out and try to find bigger fish. He goes, that sounds good to me. Well, we're out there and we're not finding anything. And then Gene starts thinking, he goes, well, hey, why don't we go back to our campsite? There's a boat ramp there. Why don't we just go fishing back here in this back pocket? I'm like, okay. So we get out there and I find this big rock ledge that's in like two foot of water, but it's got these deep cracks in them. And on the the outside of them is like 12 foot deep. I start throwing a popper out there and man, I'm catching 18 inches, 17 inches, 19 inches, like one cast right after another. And I'm like, Gene, I'm on another spot. And Gene goes, me too. And he's like 50 yards from us on a crankbait bite. And so time comes, you know, it's like almost one o'clock. I was like, he's like, all right, well, we got to get off the boat ramp. We got to get off the water you know, practice is over. He goes, I'm going to go to my other spot. Cause the fish I found there are bigger. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to come here tomorrow because the bigger fish is here. He goes, okay. So he went to his spot and I went to the spot that we just found. And I already by nine o'clock had a limit on my little spot that I found. And Gene calls. He goes, hey, are you on anything? I was like, yeah, I already got my limit. What about you? Did you get on your fish? He goes, my fish left. I have nothing. I was like, well, come here. They're still here. And they're biting. And like my biggest fish at that mo- at that time was like 13 inches. So I went over to where Gene was at, where he was catching them on the crankbait. And I was throwing the same way he was throwing. And couldn't get a bite at all. And then I realized, well, wait a minute, the wind is blowing the opposite way. So I just turned my kayak around, and I started throwing the opposite way. And then, no joke, I started catching two at a time. I had a 15-inch a, a largemouth and a 17-and-a-half-inch uh, spot on one crankbait. <laughs> and, and I'm just – and I was like, oh, God, two upgrades. So I'm upgrading two at a time, and I cast back out there again. Boom, another big upgrade. And it was like cast after cast. And then Gene was like coming up, and he calls me, and he goes, hey, you going to let that uh, bass boat get on top of you? I'm like, what? And I turn around, and here comes a bass boat right on top of me and sits right there beside me, basically. And Gene is coming right behind that bass boat, and he cuts them right off and sits right in front of this bass boat. And uh, and I asked Gene, I was like, well, did you catch anything? He goes, no, I haven't had a bite." And about 30 minutes before they ended the tournament, they kicked back on, and Gene caught five fish in 30 minutes. Wow! And uh, I came in fourth place in that tournament on that on that trail with only a day and a half of practice. Now the next day was the second trail, and I asked Gene, I said, "Hey, Gene, where are you going?" He goes, "I'm coming here." I was like, okay, well, since you came, since I came here first, I'll let you come here and then I'll go to my spot that I found the other day. He goes, okay. So I get there on my spot and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to hit that spot right now because I found a flat that was right outside the marina. So I went outside the, the flat and the wind is just blowing like crazy. And so time hits. 6 30 or 5 30. I can't remember which time it was we could start. First cast. I'm plopping, plopping, plopping. And I'm like, God, I can't even see my, my popper. And the next thing I hear is a big old kaboosh, big old splash. I was like, God, I wish that was mine. And the next thing I know, my line's doing this right here. I was like, oh my God, it was me. Uh, 18 and three quarter inch smallmouth. Nice. Oh, and I'm nice. like, I was like, my heart was like, boom, 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 boom. And then I stayed there for like an hour, if that. And then I just started catching like a little bee, tiny fish. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go hit my mega spot. So I I go all the way back in the marina to that one boat ramp. And I cast out. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I was like, I'm on my spot that, you know, I've seen like six kayakers just go right past this boat dock. Doesn't even stop. And uh, so I cast out there and I'm reeling nothing. I'm like, Oh no, I cast out there again. I'm reeling, 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 nothing. I throw a wacky rig, nothing. I throw a Nico rig, nothing. And I'm like, oh my God, what what did did I make the right decision? You know, did these fish actually leave? And then I started listening and I started hearing fish bust under the docks. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So I went to the the, the boat slip. And there was a big wake boat in there. And then there was a jet ski with the, the little ramp on it where you can bring your ramp on top of the jet ski. Yeah. And there was a clearing about maybe four to six inches between the boat dock and that little plastic thing where that's holding up the, the jet yeah. ski. And I'm like, huh. So I just slowly tossed my uh, Nico rig down in there. And as soon as it hit the water, bam, seventeen incher, bam, oh. threw back in there, bam, fourteen incher, bam, thirteen inch. Every single cast, and uh, now, I, and you know, until I get my limit, and I put my fish in there and everything, and I'm throwing back in, you know, I'm still catching like fifteen inches, and I'm not upgrading any. And then Gene calls me, and he goes, "Hey." I go, Hey, what's up? I was like, uh, how are you doing? How's the spot holding up for you? Caught anything? He goes, dude, I haven't even had a bite. I was like, are you serious? Because when I was there, it was just on fire at this time. He goes, no, I haven't even had a bite, but he goes, did you realize you're in first place? And I'm like, do what? He goes, you're sitting in first place. I was like, really? He was like, yeah. I was like, well, what a second place guy. He goes, they're about 40 inches away from you. Wow. That's, how, that's how big of a lead you have. And I'm like, Oh wow. I was like, well, I'm thinking of leaving this spot because I, I'm not catching anything bigger than 15 inches. He goes, okay. I said, I'm going to fish it a little longer and I'm just going to see what happens. If I don't catch nothing within 10, 15 minutes then I'm leaving, I'm heading, I'm heading up there where you are. He goes, okay. So, he gets off the phone with me, and I lift my Nico rig up. And as soon as I lift it up, 16 and a half incher. Couldn't even write this. <laughs> like It was like, no way. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, a 16 incher. So I was like, and they're still busting like crazy. And I'm like, I wonder if I throw a jerk bait up in here, how a jerk bait would do. So you got to think, I'm throwing in yeah. a little spot this big, a jerk bait. So I started casting the jerk bait up into and whack. Boom. I mean, I couldn't even get two, two swacks at it. And, um, so I started catching them and then they were just all started turning into 13 inches, And I was like, all right, I, I got to know when to quit. Yeah. Dealing with the small ones. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pack up and it's an hour drive for me. And then it's an hour and a half paddle because the boat ramp that we launched at during practice was off limits because it was for campers only. So we had to find, we had to find a boat ramp, the nearest boat ramp. And it was a mile and a half away from where we were on that ledge. So I passed, so I, I wasted an hour driving and then I wasted an hour and a half of getting there. And I never had another bite the rest of the day. And Jean didn't even have a bite until the last 30 minutes of the tournament and he pulls out five fish out of nowhere <laughs> and which got him to win the pro side and i ended up winning
1: the trail side the, yeah.
2: the trail side with just a day and a half practice okay and these guys that were up there on that tournament lived on this lake so they knew the lake or they were there for weeks. So it really, you know, I think it hurts a lot of people more than anything. On- I,
1: I think it's kind of like um like a uh, forward facing sonar in the mm-hmm. right hands of an experienced angler who knows how to use it, it's it's a game changer. Oh, Not it is just because you have it doesn't mean you're automatically gonna catch fish. So if, if you don't know how to use a forward-facing sonar, then it's a detriment because now yep. you're substituting your, your your polish skills for this piece of equipment that you don't necessarily know how to use, and now you're diminishing yourself. And, and I had that when, when I, I started fishing without a fish finder. As soon as I got a fish finder, it's like I started skunking again. It's because I left out my instincts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you have to combine what your instincts are and let the technology confirm what your instincts are telling you instead of just abandoning your instincts and relying on technology. And I think it's the same for pre-fishing, right? Pre-fishing in the right hands like Russ Snyder, Cody Milton. Oh, yeah. uh, A lot of time with pre-fishing because they've been doing it for so long, then it's great. Pre-fishing from somebody that's still learning can actually be a detriment because now you pigeonhole yourself on a spot that you sore and now you ruined your fish for tournament day. So it's like I said, it's just because you have seven days or week or two weeks to pre-fish doesn't mean automatic success, but for those anglers, experienced anglers, like Russ Snyder's, um, Gene Jensen, um, Cody Milton that have been doing it for so long, you give them two weeks of pre-fishing, more times than not, they're going to wish, uh, win the tournament because they know how they know how to process the information compared yeah. to somebody that's just new in the sport.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that's that, that's where a lot of people just want that level playing field. But I mean, Damon, I've had you for almost an hour, and I do apologize to you and your family because I know you, you know, you, you have your family to take care of and and spend time with. But I wanted to give you a couple of minutes to. Um, thank anybody you want to thank. I'm assuming your wife and Jean Jensen are part of the the people you want to thank. So I want to give you a few more minutes to, you know, give all the props to whoever you want to give the props to companies that help you and everybody else.
2: Yeah. I just like, you know, my wife, she's, she's my biggest sponsor of it, more than anybody, because she's the only one that throws the money and it's like, here, go do it. And then if you went off the tournaments, then you just, you know, you just keep paying in your own stuff with that. But she's my biggest supporter, my biggest, my biggest everything. I I couldn't do this without her. She's, she's absolutely amazing. And uh, Gene for uh, being there as a a mentor toward me. Um, I don't really have any sponsors. Uh, Like I said, you know, it's, I'm, I'm still new to this, you know, hopefully maybe after winning rookie of the year or co-rookie of the year, let me, give a shout out back to Will because he he is also, you know, a part of being this, you know, once in a lifetime achievement. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want to thank everybody, you know, Chad for throwing in such a great, you know, tournament that he does, all the hard work that him and Christy do. Uh, they just do phenomenal, phenomenal work. Uh, thank you so much for you for, even wanting to just come out and reach and touch me, you know, to come out and talk to me is a lot. Uh, it means so much. Uh, hopefully this right here will produce into something more of, you know, maybe sponsors might want to start looking at the new guys that are coming in yeah. and, and trying them out, see what they can do. Uh, and eventually I will be starting up my own YouTube channel, uh, eventually, uh don't know what it's going to be called yet because everybody around here calls me that kayak guy so i might try <laughs> to stick with that a little bit hey it's that kayak guy because i always have my kayak in the back of the truck because i never take it out because if i run up to a piece of water i'm like oh wow that looks like i could fish that for a few hours or before i go get out of my kids and they just see me out in the water all the time so like, hey it's that kayak guy but uh but anybody that comes up and sees me please be more than welcome to say hi if you have any questions on what I'm fishing or, or what I'm doing, please don't hesitate to ask. I will tell you what I'm fishing more than likely. I might even just hand you what I'm fishing, but that's just the type of person I am. And and once again, Armando, thank you so much for oh, my uh, pleasure for, for allowing me to come and, and speak with you. It's been, like I said, it was an honor. Like I said, at the beginning, I wasn't for sure if it was a hoax or not. So I had to call Gene and be like, <laughs> Hey, is this is this for real? Because I ain't never really had other than Chad from winning the the Percy Priest, like just wanted to talk to me just because they heard me talking, you know, for like three minutes, like three minutes of me talking almost outshine of Russ winning the national championship, which I feel really bad for because everybody was like, Oh my God, we heard everybody else, you know, doing their their speech. But out of everyone, yours was just seemed so humbled. And it's
1: it's a great relatable story, and I and I loved it. I love what you did, um, and I I I love the outpour of emotions. It I think it's relatable, and really, my podcast is about life stories more than anything, you know. And now I don't usually get the honor of, of interviewing somebody like yourself that has gone through a lot to get here. A lot of times, so you know, a lot of times I'll we'll just talk bait, so we'll talk tournaments, or we'll talk, you know. Um, Whatever, but uh, my, the stories that I love the most is your, your type of stories, you know, the, the live stories, the, you know, uh, growing, going from, you know, from, from the struggles, uh, uh, personal to, you know, just finding a home in kayak fishing, in the kayak fishing community and having that lift you above, um, uh, whatever you were going through is one of some of my favorite stories. Um, and, and I love sharing those. Yes. So I, am, I appreciate you and taking the time to bring your stories to my audience, which I am yeah. sure they'll appreciate.
2: Yeah, it, it was great. And, you know, anytime you ever want to talk and if you're going down a road that you're not comfortable with, trust me, I've, I've had a very, very hard life. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, you know, say that they've had hard lives as well, but I, and for me to not really have anybody to help claw me out the way that I have, uh, i would more, well, you know, if you ever want to talk on the phone, uh, just between us, uh, I don't go and gossip about what people go through. I don't feel like that's the right thing to do. If the, if they want people to know about their lives and what struggles are going through, they need to say it themselves. Uh, but any other time you want to talk, uh, or just want to talk fishing, want to talk about baits, you know, want to what what's this lake like? What you know, what's Chigamaga doing right now? What's Lanier or Chouteau Lake, you know, doing right now? Hit me up. I'll I'd be more than welcome to to let people know and 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 help them out as much as I can. You know, I'm no Gene Jensen, but mm-hmm. I, I could steal a couple of lines from them. You know, well, and the next time
1: you you beat uh uh Gene Jensen just just for kicks, just have a Tennessee Volunteers a uh, cap on. Just, just. Oh no, that. no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just. I'm an that. Alabama fan,
1: <laughs> or Alabama. That was good.
2: Too. I, I'm an Al. Gene wanted me to come over during the national championship, and I was this close to doing. It. Thank God I did not, because. I would have never heard the end of it, which I didn't hear the end of it on the Tennessee Balls game because he came over and he played a recap for 30 minutes solid. It's a score. It's a goal, field goal. Balls win. I'm like, for real, I'm trying to go to sleep here. (laughs) I am tired of hearing the volunteers beat Alabama. It took y'all what, 16 years? Congratulations. It's over. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, I always say if you see them, and I, I'm not against the volunteer fans. I don't, you know, I don't I don't follow much college football, but I, I would say this for those, you know, something for those Alabama fans. Hey, if Tennessee volunteer fans are cheering so much, because it means more to them. Yeah. To to be at that level. You know, well, you so. know,
2: I was happy for them. I I, yeah. I I I didn't get to watch it, but I listened to it all the way up from uh, Georgia all the way up to Kentucky, and I'm like on the interstate going 45 mile an hour, people and transfers honking at me like, I'm sorry, I'm you know, I wasn't paying attention to how fast I was going. I was wanting to see how this drive was going, <laughs> you know, and it was horrible. It was a horrible drive. Alabama just didn't play right. But, you know, I, it was a great game. That's all I care about. You know, Alabama can't win them all, you know, just most of them. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, um, Damon, what do you have social media accounts that anybody can follow you? I know you mentioned you wanted uh, to do YouTube, but Instagram, Facebook,
2: TikTok. yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Just type in the name that you see right here, and uh, that's and trust but, me. I'm the only ad, person uh-huh. that has this name spelt this way. I'm the only person named Damon. Damon <laughs> Henderson. I know. I was
1: looking name. for you on social media. That's why I went to. Uh, Gene said, like, dude, I can't find Damon, Damon, uh, anywhere. Do you, could you, I know you're friends with him. Could you send me his He's Like, sure, no problem. Because I was, I didn't want to bother, uh, Gene, but I was like, okay, I have no choice because I, <laughs> I can't find any Damon Henderson anywhere. And then when he sent me the contact, oh, that's how you spell it. So for those that, because most of, uh, of the listeners are just listening, they don't get to see the, the, the video recorded. So it's D E A m-e-n henderson um and that's on facebook yes sir perfect so there you go guys uh girls thank you for listening and joining us thank you for uh damon henderson for just joining us and talking about his you know his his story on how to guide kayak fishing congratulations to him and william whatever his last name is the co-rookie of the year for kbf i'm sure next year we'll you know, <laughs> we'll get it right <laughs> when when the award comes out. But again, big shout out to Chad Hoover for doing this types of award and just finding ways to you know get the most people, the most angler involved to get awards and men give him something to they can hang their head on. So, you know, in the we don't like to give out participation awards, you know, but we do like it when we find valid reasons to to recognize you know especially like i said somebody that's fishing for the first time in a in a national trail um that's very it's the hardest year it's always the first year for you to do great on the first year means a lot uh personally so big shout out to again chad hoover and kbf for doing this type of awards uh for those out there listening again thank you for making it this far please check out the sponsor douglas outdoors go to DouglasOutdoors.com. Um, if you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers while you're on the water fishing, make sure you drink responsibly and make sure you make it back to, home to your loved ones. This has been the Bass Hike and Beers podcast on the and Fit Network. Have a great day, everyone. Peace out.